0: Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we are building a theology of self-care together. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Run and Red. Through conversations with others and reflections, we are seeking to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. This is the final sermon in the sermon series that I offered at my local church on self-care, on building a theology of self-care. And so as we close out this time, this will be the last Monday episode. We'll just move back to the regular once a week Friday episodes. Uh, But again, just wanted to offer this. It's here in this feed so that you can continue to learn. It's also over in my church's feed, Beach Grove United Methodist Church, if you want to hop on over there. And the services are on YouTube on our YouTube page. And so here at the top, I just want to thank my patrons, David Vaughn, Amy Dane, and Pam Anderson for all of your support as I continue to offer this mission and ministry into the world. If you would like to pledge your support over on my Patreon account and become a patron of this podcast, you'll receive uh, some stickers and hopefully I'll have some more awesome stuff to be coming out soon. Uh, But if you'd like to help out and support this mission and ministry, please head on over to patreon.com slash Rev. Uh, I've got a lot of cool stuff that is uh, in the works, hopefully to be announcing some of that stuff soon, uh, both uh, just for regular content as well as maybe some uh, special content that will be coming out soon as well. So let's dive into this sermon. Our first scripture lesson comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sew, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, A time for war and a time for peace. What gain have workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor nothing taken away from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. The second passage comes from the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. Once, when he was in one of the cities, a man covered with skin disease was there. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, "'Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean.'" Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I am willing, be made clean. Immediately the skin disease left him, and he ordered him to tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them. But now more than ever the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds were gathering to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. Meanwhile, he would slip away to deserted places and pray. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that as we come through this message, you would continue to show us and help us understand what your love for us means for our own manners of self-care. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now again... We're going to talk about running, so be prepared. Sorry, it's like the only thing I know how to talk about in, in public places. No, I'm kidding. But So I remember when I was in high school, right? I was a runner and I was a swimmer. Those were like my two main sports. And in all of these athletic pursuits as a runner and a swimmer, time was a big thing. Right? I remember the benchmarks in each of those sports that seemed to plague me throughout my high school career. Right, I remember the the, the first time I ran sub-five minutes in a mile. I remember the time that I broke 20 minutes in a 5K. The first time I swam under 30 seconds for the 50 free, and the first time I did under 35 for the 50 fly. I felt like I had hit these great and amazing marks, and it was time. It was time that defined each and every one of them. The time was so precious in each of these experiences, often coming down to milliseconds for hitting each of those benchmarks. In another manner, remembering back to my school days, both high school and college, I've always been keenly aware of time. You see, part of my mental disorders has always been this sense of testing anxiety, both connected to my generalized anxiety as well as my ADHD. But it's not testing anxiety like you may be thinking of. You see, when I take a test, which is just the worst time in existence, amen? Yeah. Okay, that was sort of mixed reactions there. Not what I was expecting. I would sit down and take a test and every answer that I knew would just completely leave my mind. Now, contrary to popular belief, I was a bright kid. However... My C average in high school, college, and B average in seminary probably did not live up to the hype because when I sat down to take a test, I wouldn't remember any of the answers. Now, here's the funny thing is when my parents and I sat down with guidance counselors and folks from the school, they're like, oh, we'll give you more time to take a test. Friends, that did not help. (laughs) Giving me two hours to take a one-hour test did not make me feel any better And so what I did was I told them, I said, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to take the test. I'm going to go through the test once, answer as many questions as I can answer in that time. I will go through it a second time, see if anything magically comes back, and then I'm going to turn that test in. And if you want to know the answers, talk to me 30 minutes later. You see, time became a factor. I didn't need more time. It felt like I was wasting the time that I was given. Time being a factor in all of our lives, right? The longer things take, sometimes the time we feel is wasted. And if we don't spend enough time on things, sometimes we, like, we feel like we've cheated ourselves. Our lives are defined by these, by these certain periods of time, right? By days, by weeks, by hours, by minutes, by seconds, by years, decades, however we want to define it. And often we say to ourselves, time is fleeting. that it moves so quickly. This last week was my son's seventh birthday, and holy cow, I feel like I just brought him home from the hospital, feeling glad that they trusted me with this small, tiny human to take care of. We often define our lives by two dates on a gravestone and a dash in between. That dash is supposed to signify that amount of time that we lived in our lives, all of the things that we did. And so if time is so precious... If time can define those precious moments, then why don't we use time to take care of ourselves? The time that we afford to self-care in our lives could be the single most important block of time in our day, in our week, in our life. Right? If we're willing to spend time doing all of these great, wonderful, and amazing things for others, why are we not also willing to take the time to do things for ourselves? Right? I know many of us have aspirations for this. We always create New Year's resolutions in the hope that we will live up to them, and then 20-something days later, they are gone. Hey. We give up these things for Lent every year, thinking that they will make us better human beings, better people of faith, better in general. And then when Lent is over, our lives seemingly have not changed at all. We're in a society where we often don't take vacation or we push our vacations off and try and build up our vacation days. And then we come to the end of a year and we're like, well, I've got three weeks of vacation. I could probably go away for one because I have so much work to do. Well, when we turn to this book, to this list of book of instructions in Ecclesiastes, we begin to see how precious time actually is. And it begins to set the stage for what a healthy understanding of time looks like for us as we seek to not only care for ourselves, but to care for others. Because in time, we must create that space to care for ourselves. And we look at this idea. This idea becomes center stage in this passage in Ecclesiastes. We see expressed in these verses this nature in which time and seasons dictate how we live our lives. Right? Seen so much to say that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Right? There's a reason That the author here in Ecclesiastes uses that that phrase, every matter or everything. Because they want us to be reminded of the wholeness of life. Everything that goes into how we live our lives, right? We can only do as much as the minutes or hours in a day, the days in a year, and the years in our lifetime. And as much as we often wish that there were more hours in the day, it's what we do with the days that we're given. These statements that the author of this passage offers, there are various seasons, there are various times in our lives. These are not manners that God tries to dictate control over our lives, but these are merely seasons of our lives, times where things happen in our lives, right? There is a time to be born and there's a time when we die and then there's all of this stuff in between. The author of Ecclesiastes is trying to point out how important time is as an understanding of living our lives. There needs to be time for everything in between. And I know that's tough. I know that's tough as I run from from one meeting to another, as I run across this great city of Suffolk trying to get to every single nook and cranny of Suffolk, Chesapeake, Portsmouth to do all of these things. As I try and get here on Sunday morning to make sure that we have worship. The author of Ecclesiastes is trying to name the ways the times in our lives are laid out to show us how precious time is. And the author reminds us as we continue to read, what gain have workers from their toil? Again, punctuating this understanding of care for us, ourselves,
1: for the community
0: around us, and for those all over. Right, And as we continue to look at these verses, we see the perspective of time that allows us to look at this time more in the way that God calls us to live rather than the ways that we desire. Placing an understanding upon our hearts and on our spirits to care for ourselves as we do the work for the kingdom of God. This does not happen without knowing and understanding time, how precious it is, and in that, creating very intentional boundaries that guide the time that we have. Again, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only seven days in a week. 365 days in a year. However many years we are on this earth, time is finite. And this is the difficult part of self-care, is finding the time to practice it. Because for many of us, we are so busy filling our schedules with all of these different things, and and they are amazing things. They are great and wonderful things. I'm not trying to to diminish these these things, these ministries, these, these missions that we do. But let's look here in the book of Luke and let's see what Jesus does. Right? Enter this gospel passage today. Jesus is confronted by all of these people that by all these opportunities, right? Jesus heals this man of this skin disease. And in the face of healing this man, in the story that this man shares, all of these people start flocking to Jesus, asking to be healed. And what does Jesus do? Jesus goes away. Now, let me be clear. It's not that these people were not important enough. It's not that these people were not worthy of being healed. In fact, the scripture doesn't actually tell us that Jesus doesn't heal them. Right? I like to think that Jesus did heal them, but see, in the midst of healing them, he would also take time. In the midst of doing all this ministry, what what did, what did the passage tell us he did? In verse 16, it says, he went away to a deserted place and prayed. Because Jesus understood that time is precious. Yes, there is a time for mission and ministry. There is a time to serve, but friends, there is also a time where to be served. There is also a time to care for ourselves. There is also a time for rest, just as much as there is a time for action. There is a time for us to to spend time in prayer, as much as there is in time that we live out those prayers that we are called to have. Y'all, it's right here in Scripture, an example of this. An example of what it looks like. Of our Lord and Savior, right? The person that we live our lives, live our faith after, is showing us, yes, you can be a part of the mission and ministry of the world. You can help to heal the wounds of the weary. And you need to make sure that you have time for yourself. Because time is so important for us. Jesus knew that if he did not take that time to escape away, to reserve himself these times of prayer, these times of revitalization, this time alone, I fully believe Jesus was an introvert. Because Jesus shows us the importance of needing that time and that space to recover. And Jesus does it better than anybody. Showing us that even in the midst of hard times, we can find those deserted places. Right? There's a reason that, that the writer here in Luke wanted to record this interaction. Right? They wanted to say, look, he did all this stuff, but he also made sure that he took time to care because Jesus was creating boundaries. <clears throat> right? Boundaries create space in our life for the various things that we do. And it helps us to ensure we have space in our lives for the practice of ministry, for our life, for our vocations. And here's the important thing. It's important that we treat these boundaries with respect. Whether they're our boundaries or whether they're other people's boundaries. We recognize the limits that time has on our life. And in boundaries, we're we're sectioning off these times and spaces so that we can have healthy relationships across our lives. So that we can have healthy partnerships with the world around us. So that we can practice healthy self-care. Right, if we allow our boundaries to be breached, if we give in, unfortunately, even just once, we show how fragile these boundaries are. (laughs) Right? Whether it's vacation time, Sabbath hours, time of prayer, family time, work time. Time It may sound weird, but to put these boundaries up helps us to be better people. And it plays into these various aspects of this theology of self-care. I know it sounds... It sounds weird and it sounds difficult that we need to build boundaries. Mm. And remember, there are times for these boundaries to be broken, right? Like if it's a Friday and you call me and something really, really bad is happening, I will get back to you. I will call you probably that day. But Friday for me is a boundary. It's a day for me to escape. It's a day for me to take rest. And so too, for many of us, we have our boundaries, those days off, those times that we intentionally spend with family, those times we intentionally spend with friends, friends, things like small groups are a boundary. That's a time where you are in a group of people. Worship is a boundary. Right? Nothing outside is disturbing us in this in this space and time. And we keep these times and we keep these boundaries sacred to make sure that we are being filled as we are going through the world. I had a conversation with a pastoral colleague this week about, about his own extended renewal leave. He took three months of renewal. And in that time, he wanted to make sure that he actually had time to relax and recover. He told me all he did during this time, he tried to do three things, play golf, go fishing, and watch his kids swim team. And he said he lost out on the fishing because he got really frustrated with it after like a week because he wasn't catching anything. So then he said all he did was golf and spend time with his family. And even then he said it took him about three months to really just relax from church. And he talked about all the typical time off that we have in our schedule, the, the Sabbath days during the week, the vacation times each year, times of renewal. And he said the one thing that he learned during this time was how to keep those times sacred and how to create a church environment that helped him to create those times sacred because the way that we build boundaries for self-care in our lives help us as we live out our own faith and calling we have all of these boundaries in our lives yes we will have time for work for family for friends for ourselves time to care for ourselves in every respect and creating that time. Right? But I can't work 24-7. I probably end up as a puddle on this floor right here in front of you all crying every Sunday morning. If I spent every single moment of every single day with my family, I love my family. My wife loves me, but if I was always around, she'd probably get sick of me. If I spent all my time with my friends well, then I wouldn't have time to spend in other areas. Also, my friends would probably get sick of me. You know what? I probably should not spend like so much time with people. I think I'm better in like small doses. <laughs> boundaries begin in your own heart. And so we ask ourselves, how do we care for ourselves? And you know what the hardest part about setting intentional boundaries is? It's a two-letter word. Anybody know it? No. I'm surprised I could say that. We must learn to say no. When we hear or think that something is infringing on our self-care time, on any other time in our lives. We must be willing to live and exist in this place that allows us to care both for ourselves and for our neighbors this entire thing this entire series that we have been through is living into that understanding of that second commandment love your neighbor as yourself and i truly believe and i hope that you have learned it too that as we've gone through this it becomes much more difficult to understand how we love our neighbor if we do not understand and know how we love ourselves and at the end of the day, I truly believe it is that much harder to love our neighbors if we have not figured out how to love ourselves. Amen.